this is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. What's going on? Oh, I'm good, John. It's like, like I said, just about this like great documentary I saw about like the state of the internet and how to interact with these people. Oh yeah, you don't say. Yeah, so like everyone should go out and see Wreck It Ralph too. There Absolutely. you go. Ha ha, Wreck It Ralph too. Awesome. All right, well that's cool. What do you have on tap for us tonight in the comic book world? Okay, well it's like you know looking at my uh, you know it's like to read list. Like I no, so I've got like three. Like you know, volumes of works by Jeff Lemire. It's like who, like he's been like like incredibly prolific um, with uh, Marvel and DC over the last several years, working like writing um, like titles such as Justice, Justice League um, Dark. It's like and it's like was it Justice League Dark? Or was it Justice League Unlimited? It's like or like the Justice League Canada series that he did. Oh well, it's like that or that take were run on Animal Man. He wrote. Um, it's like we're we're supposed to run on um, Green Arrow, and then jumped over to Marvel to write runs on, it's like um, on Extraordinary X Men and um, Moon Knight and um all and um oh Old Man Logan, which I also talked about. It's like and I generally enjoyed, but you know it's like it's like like um Lemire seems like the kind of guy who tends to um, pr- um pr- like save his like best stuff for his creator own works. Yeah, at least that's, that's kind of what I believed. Like after reading, um, like um, Sweet Tooth, which um, like did a uh, like an entertaining post-apocalyptic spin on the idea of, you know, it's like the old like old gruff um badass, you know, like protecting a uh, like a young, it's like um white 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 eyed and like a, and, like innocent kid. It's like and it's like and I it's like it generally like I I did enjoy that series like both like from familiarist writing and his art which is an acquired taste but also his like his um his like interesting layouts as far as which he um like like find a way to um find a way to pick like the action in an interesting it's like in an interesting almost experimental way but you know it's like hey now i've got um his this latest um batch of comics i picked up had like three volumes of his work from concluding volumes to descender royal city in the first volume of Gideon Falls. Now, and I wanted to talk about them all here. And that being said, if you're wondering, if you're thinking that, hey, you know, it's like I've been writing about um, Descender for a while, which is this story about um, this, like, um, an- android boy, Tim21, who, um, it's like, who finds himself at, it's like, at the focus of this um, war between, like, humans and androids, and you're wondering, well, wait, Jason, why aren't you um, talking about this in its own podcast? I mean, don't you usually, you know, th- like, say, like, a specific podcast for, you know, like, like big concluding series that you've been following? And yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> is Descender one of those? No. No, it is not. Um, Descender is, it's like, has been interesting up to a point, but it's also been one that's been, that's really been following um like formula for like for all of its main characters from the wide-eyed innocence of Tim Twenty One to um it's like it's like to the cynical like to the cynicism of his um like human brother a- Andy to Andy's um you know it's like um girl- girlfriend um the machine queen who uh, has it's like who's been trying to um like. It's like who's trying to, who's a human who's been trying to um, become become a machine person to um it's like to it's like to driller who is the uh it's like you know gruff 
girlfriend, angry robot who actually like, has kind of an interesting arc as like you know someone who proclaims to be a real killer when you meet him, but then you find out, hey, he really is a killer. It's like, and also like the um, Gnishians who are basically for as far as this series is concerned, are evil Klingons. It's like, or, you know, like uh, Dr. Kuan, who, um, this is a guy who, who helped create Tim 21 after stealing, you know, code from an, um, from an ancient, um, from an ancient Android and setting the um, plot of the series into motion. There's a lot of off the shelf stuff. Um, that's, that's been pulled, that's been pulled to in order to make Descender like into a full fledged on ongoing series. Um, I and is the does the final volume like um really uh gives anything interesting to follow up on? No. Well, okay. Now the six issues. This is the six issue collection, and the first um two issues basically says basically um like um tell us about the uh this one this one um like uh scientist from from the planet of planet of Ostracon, who um, who was who was um, eventually um, pulled into a uh, like a uh, like an encounter with the um, Descenders, who are basically the um, oldest um, life form in the galaxy, oldest inorganic uh, machine life form in the galaxy, and uh, even though like um, this like the Doctor learns all he can from them, and he goes on to create a machine life um, on his own. Well. Here's the thing, you know, it's like the sender um, started off with like machines with with machines like initiating a um, a, a a large attack against um, organic life for unspecified reasons. What we find out here is that the reason that the descenders, like the the originators of in of inorganic machine life, the reason they tried, like they they fought, um, they it's like the reason they um. They are like they have this beef with organic life is because you know, like this doctor, like well, when he created like his own form of like machine life, he he um said that hey you know I'm going to use this like knowledge I got from the descenders to create my own like, these own robots that are going to serve serve me and my people. Well, no, that's not what the uh, descenders wanted. They wanted you know people to create create their own machine life that would be like equal to them and well once this uh, machine life you know communicates with the descenders that hey you know i've been created to be a slave the descenders go oh that's that's no good man like let, we're gonna come we're gonna show up and like you know tell you get tell like organic life what's up so there you go and basically the uh like the real thrust of of the final volume is like it, like is basically the descenders finally getting in contact with tim 21 and the original, and this other organic creation from the uh, from this opening arc, you know, to like they say, hey, you know what, humanity, like organic life hasn't learned. We're gonna have to just you know go and just like decimate them in order to like get like show them what's up. Well, this is um, as far as the, as far as final arcs go, Descenders is is only interesting if you look at it at, from the fact of like you know people who like. Like who, like, like everyone is trying to like do the right thing, but in in doing that, you know, it's like they uh, it's like you know, hey, it's like oh, I'm gonna let you go, like because I believe in what you're doing, but 
in doing that, you know, it ultimately dooms the entire, it's like, it's like the, the entire sector of, or, of organic life. I mean, it was doomed beforehand because, you know, the, the Nishians, remember those evil Klingons, have their own agenda as well. But it's like, it's, it's like, it, it really, it's like, it, it, it doesn't play out as particularly compelling because, you know, like these guys, like they're just, they're just doing the, like they're playing like, like this, like they're adhering to conventional morality. They're doing like all the good stuff that you'd expect and it doesn't change anything. Oh, and also, Hey, did I mention that, um, magic is, exists in this world? Yeah, it does. And as a result of the descenders actions at the end, in the final issue, Hey, magic now becomes like one of the dominant forces in the universe. Hey, hey, there's that. And it's like, do I fucking care? No, I don't. It's like, it's like by the end of the series, end of the, uh, volume where it's like, you know, organic life has been decimated and, um, we've got a, a new protagonist to follow because, Hey, it turns out this final volume descender isn't the end of the story. Now we're going for, wait for it, Ascender. It's like, which follows this one girl as she tries to find out what happens to, um, to Tim 21. It's like, and, um, and the, uh, and the other, um, descenders as well. Am I going to follow this? No, it's like, well, okay. I'll be honest. If I'm, if I'm going to follow this, I'm going to wait until it's on sale at Comixology so I can just like, you know, like pay as little as possible for it. And because, you know, it's like, it's like I said, with Lemire, Lemire's running is solid, is conventional, but it's also, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just like, um, borrows more from all off from off the shelf stuff than anything else. It's like, there's not really anything like really surprising, like in the series that, that like, you know, compels me like to pick up like a sender in, in print form. As it's like as it is, and also the art from Dustin Dustin Nguyen. I mean, the guy's done some great work with Batman over the years, and that's what he's best known for. But his painted work on the series, I just haven't, you know, like it's like uh, like been been as invested in. It just feels it lacks the de- detail and substance of like of like of his um, regular pencil work. So there you go. But, um, hey, you know, it's like, that's, that's Lemire working with another artist. And now he's got you know, working with himself in, um, Royal City. Now, this is a series that I talked about, um, back when Lemire was, um, finishing up uh, Old Man Logan. And this had a great, um, hook to it in the sense that it was about a, a family in a small, um, dying industrial town that was still, um, high haunted by the death of its, of its youngest son, it's like where the uh, the mother, but but it also had a a good hook to it. In the sense that every um, every member of the family had their own vision of this character. It's like of like of Tommy of Tommy Pike. Like the mother thought of him. It's like as a as the uh, it's like as the man of the cloth that she hoped he would go up, grow up to be. The daughter I envisioned him as the uh, like young kid that she would always babysit. Um, the the ne'er do well son, like envisioned him as the uh, man of the same age who would all who would who, who would get in trouble with him when like whenever and wherever. It's like and the uh, prodigal son, you know, like had him envisioned as a uh, 
as a voice who like, hey, you know, you stole my uh, like ideas in order to make your book. So how are you gonna make this right? Yeah. So the so the first volume like had lots of promise. It's like in like, in showing us like this really interesting take on on how um people like um cope with grief and it's like uh, how people cope, cope with cope with grief and like you know the death of a of a younger sibling. Volume two um flashback to show us to flush to illuminate uh, you know just what um Tommy Pike was like in real life and. You know, while I kind of appreciate specific answers, it honestly, like, kind of, kind of, um, it's like, just like illuminated a lot of the, the mystery it dispelled, kind of like also like destroyed a lot of mystique that I felt the series that first volume had. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, now we know what, ev- what, ev- what life is like for these characters. It's like, and now. It's like, and now it's like, you know, like this, uh, this phantom ver- version of Tommy that they, uh, had, it's like, it's kind of like less, less interesting as a result. Now, volume four, um, does kind of get back to, um, to what I liked about the first volume in the sense that it shows, like, you know, these phantom versions of Tommy, it's like, you know, influencing these characters as they, it's like in, it's like, it's like in their, um, um, current lives including um his like uh his daughter like who he actually had with uh with um richie with richie's girlfriend like after the um they they did it one time as we found out in the uh it's like in volume two it's like and i can just how that 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 turned and how like you know when the daughter comes up like comes over to the uh prodigal son to tell to tell him that you know hey i'm your it's like I'm I'm your niece. And it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of crazy. So it's so so on one hand, like you know, the volume four like does kind of have a uh, does kind of get back to what I liked about the first volume, but it's also you know an ending. It's like it it does have a we gotta wrap this up now, itis, like of some series. Like you know, I I I feel that you know it's like. Made that you know, well, the way the that Lemire paints the ending, it's like it, it's it is nice. I liked seeing all these versions of Tommy go down in into the river, and it it adds a nice sense of closure to it. But I get the feeling that you know maybe there was more to like to the story here. It's like that you know if, if the series had been, I guess it sold more, like that we probably would have gotten you know. Like more to it, it's like in the end, like it wouldn't have been just you know, hey, you know, it's like this is this is it. These these final four issues are like you know, kind of wrap up, wrap up the story, and there there you go. It's like, and also like you know, Lemire's art is certainly an acquired taste. I mean, it's not really conventionally pretty by any means, but it's certainly expressive. It's like it's kind of like the embodiment of Vertigo art, as far as I feel. It's like it's not. Ser- Art it has to be pretty, but it has to be expressive. It has to show you what the characters feel. It's like and it's like you know and what it's like and what their and uh, like what their actions mean. It's like more than you know. It's like is it you know like you know splashy and flashy like, comic art. So I don't know. It's like like the final volume. It's like 
it has definitely has has its moments, like especially the bits where um where Richie the uh, pro- the ne'er do well a member of the Pike Clan like you know has to um you know deal with like you know his version of, of um Tommy who is kind of you know like kind of voicing all of his bat his worst ideas and that's that's pretty interesting, but at the end it kind of like like you feel that that we are like rather like rather than like you know like give us a uh, bad end decided to give us more of a good end for everyone involved whether or not they de- they deserved it so there you go it's it's conventional but you know it's fine so I know it's like it's like I said, it's all right I pro- I definitely enjoyed this more than Descender but if only because I was more invested in these characters than in that series so. That being said, so, okay, so they get two series that, you know, it's like had, okay, had fair to middling endings. So what about this next series? What about Gideon Falls? Which, you know, I uh, I saw um, Lemire talk about this in person at Comic-Con, like this year. And he mentioned that it was basically his kind of homage to, um, like, the like Twin Peaks kind of surreality that, um, you know, that they take kind of like a small small town kind of supernatural craziness that he kind of specializes in. In fact, you know, it's like, like this, and I will say that, you know, like despite what I experienced with Royal City and Descender, Gideon Falls is actually within um, Lemire's milieu of um, small town, um, it's like weirdness. It's like that, that's actually kind of, that's actually, I actually, do kind of feel like giving this the benefit of the doubt, despite, you know, like, um, Royal City and, um, Descender not quite wowing me. Because, like, it involves, like, a, uh, it's like a priest, it's like, um, Father Wilfred, it's like, who, um, comes to, who is, like, sent to a town, even though he's got, like, a history of, like, you know, bad times with the drink. And, um, this, uh, other, other towns, um, like, priest, Father Tom, well, he disappeared under mysterious circumstances. But that's not the only um, story here, because there's also a, um, a guy named Norton who's um, like who's living in a um, big ur- urban metropolis, who's um, like digging through the trash, it's like and like trying to research this history of this um, thing called the Black Barn, like a mysterious um, like entity that that's apparently that is ha- like that that has haunted his dreams for a while, and he's dealing with his doc with the uh, with the warnings of his doctor. It's like a uh, doctor. See was Doctor Shu. Yes, I believe it was Doctor Shu, and um, it's like, and he's trying to convince her that you know he's not crazy and all. And then the, uh, and the story kind of keeps shifting between you know um, Doc, Father Wilfred and Nor- and um, Norton's like um, experiences with this thing because like Norton like at the end of the first issue finds out that this um, woman with a uh, I. It's like with a claw for an arm. It's like, well, she she's dead, and um, he finds this only because like you know, Father Tom appeared to him, appeared before him, and led him out to this field where um, this woman was impaled on her own on, on her artificial arm. Yeah, it's as bloody and disturbing as you'd expect, and um, things only get crazier when you find out that um, not only is Doctor Shu um, like seeing um, start seeing like images of the black barn before her, but someone's also, um, like targeting, um, Norton and his, um, like 
quote unquote research research as in like he's rifling through the trash in this metropolis. It's like it's like his um like yeah, it's his research into the black barn. So it's so it's one of those it's one of those interesting situations where hey, you know, it's like you're you're it's like you're not paranoid if they're it's like it's like you're not you're not paranoid if if they're af- actually after you. It's like and um it's like and and Doc, and Father Wilfred also has to deal with the uh it's like the, the craziness of it's like you know it's like finding out what's going on in this in the small town even after he's like suspected of murder it's like and then finds out about the uh history of the black barn in his town and the uh, members of the plowmen who um it's like who apparently are like dedicated to um fighting the menace of this barn now it's like I, now it's like um, Lemire has a good handle on it's like it's like on these uh, small on these uh like on small town life and how everyone knows every everyone else it's like and the uh, it's like and the apparent schizophrenia that that Norton storyline um like I'm delves into it feels pretty compelling as well but um what really uh, holds this, this stuff together is the art from Andrea Sorrentino now. Sorrentino has worked with Umlamir both on his on the uh, Outsiders arc of it's like of Green Arrow and on um, Old Man Logan as well. So, so these guys like have a pretty good rapport together, and and um, Sorrentino is both is really good at you know just like um depicting the like the mundane aspects of small town life and. Like really um, nailing the surreality, like of the um, black barn aspects. Like once, like if like when um, the story requires, like you know, like it's like the art to be really crazy. Like Sorrentino is there. It's like he is like like his work is like really beautiful here. It's like it's like and it's just like fun to see. Just like how just like how he'll just you know go how he'll just go crazy as crazy as the story demands. You know, from like from a spread of it's like like from the from the opening scenes where it's like where Norton is rifling rifling through garbage, it's like and it's like and he, and showing him from it's like from really weird like um upside down or fish angle like lenses, it's like or the bits where um like Father Wilfred sees like sees Father Tom, it's like in a um it's like in a and and telling and he's telling him to follow him. It's like, it's like, and it's like, and it's just like, and then when the actual Black Barn sequences start at the end of the volume, it's like it's really out there, like appropriate craziness. So it's, so I gotta admit, it's like, even though it's like you know, it's like, um, like uh, Royal City and City like Defender didn't quite um, do it for me in the end. I'm it's like Gideon Falls does like strike this, this kind of like appropriate level of craziness, like, like for me. And I think that's, that's, that's really down to um, like Sorrentino, uh, someone who is really um, willing to go, go, go as crazy and as esoteric as, as Lemire himself. Like if you've seen like some of the, like, the uh, layouts that he's done, in order to um, tell the story in like in like, his best creator own series on um, sweet tooth, then yeah, it's like, 
I I think this is a I think that the uh, the writer artist pairing in Gideon Falls is worth following. Now, even though it's like you know history is telling me that you know it's like it's probably not I'm probably not going to be I I should probably um hedge my bets, but um I think I'm going to be I'm going to want to give um Lemire the benefit of the doubt here. It's like and keep following um Gideon Falls like to the end. It's like how so long like um however long it lasts. So, because it's 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 off to a good start, and like I said, the uh, the writer artist, um, like the 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 feeling that you I have with I see in um like Limer and Sorrentino working together, it's like it's like it's really great. It's like and I hope it leads somewhere that's like a really fast, re- that's more interesting than his previous series did. So, so fingers crossed, man. So John, it's like I don't know. It's like um, am I am I deluding myself here or whatnot? I don't think so. But where did you get? Well, I don't see it on Amazon. Uh, what really? Oh wait, yeah. What? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where did you get it from? It's probably a better question to ask. Oh well, I I still buy from Amazon. It's like as far as long time readers know, it's like you know I I well I would love to proclaim that I'm still totally in the tank for Amazon. That is just not true. It's like, in fact, like, I'm sure I've mentioned at some point that I, I get a lot of my stuff from cheapgraphicnovels.com. Oh, cool. You know, I think that's the second time you've mentioned them on a podcast. Hey, guys, if you're listening, money. I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> so do you know what you're going to be talking about next week? Oh, well, it's like I may just, if I don't take advantage of like what's the sales on comicsology right now to talk about um, Brian Michael Bendis's run on Iron Man over uh, multiple titles. I may just take a mulligan and talk about Ghost in the Shell Global Neural Network, which, uh, well, let's just say I've got lots of, um, I've got a lot of um, like uh, classwork stuff in order to, to in order to take care of before that. So hey, we'll, we'll see. So maybe Iron Man, more probably more likely at this point. Um, Ghost in the Shell, um, because it's only one volume, but we'll see. All right, we'll catch you next time on Comet Picks by the Glick. All right, laters. Bye.